Hey folks, Chris McLean back again, Peak Performance and Transformation Coach, and we're here with another episode of the Peak Performance and Predictable Growth Show, the Peak Performance Show for agency founders, owners, and leaders, where we explore the agency journey from the unique perspective of those at the coalface of the industry. My guests help us unlock and dissect strategies, tools, and tactics that are working from many and varied aspects of agency life to help you deliver better results for your clients and to build and scale your agency to six, seven figures and beyond. And my guest today is quite distinct and going to help us look at a, a different aspect of our business than we usually do here on the show. Nick Proffer from Clear Me Credit actually helps entrepreneurs, business owners scale their business using credit. So we're going to dive into finance. We're going to dive into credit. Nick, super interesting. Um, as we were sort of saying uh, earlier, Credit is a often has a bit of misnomer attached to it. People don't like to get into debt. They don't like to use credit, but you can actually use it to grow a business. I think that's fascinating. So take us through who you are, how you kind of got into this line of work, and then we'll get into how do we use this to, to help our business grow. Yeah, definitely. I uh, appreciate you, Chris. Thanks for the intro. Um, that was, that pleasure. Was a pleasure. Uh, only to be on the show. And uh, yeah, my name is Nick Proffer. Um, uh, I'm the owner of Clear Me Credit LLC, which is the sister company of Explore Media, it, which is our parent company. Um, we are a little different. So yeah, we help uh, scale businesses through strategic financing and proven digital marketing methods. And so our main focus is um, helping you grow your business uh, first uh, through online avenues as well as uh, strategic debt financing is what i like to call it and so uh, a lot of people don't um understand credit uh, they don't really understand finances it's a pretty touchy subject uh, when it comes to most people uh, and even businesses and so that's kind of how we have uh separated uh, ourselves from the competition and how i've kind of like integrated you know two kind of different verticals um, into one just because of my uh, previous uh, background and, and knowledge. And so uh, I've gone, you know, personally, I, I was really interested in like credit and travel hacking. Um, when I first started out as 18, um, I got the travel bug, you know, back when I was like seven years old, my great grandparents took me to Hawaii for the first time. And pretty much ever since then, I've been trying to figure out, you know, how to live laptop lifestyle, how to travel for free, how to build a business around travel. And so um, I have set it up now to where uh, I've got a team that handles uh, a lot of the work uh, for me while I just uh, focus on scaling my business. And uh, pretty much all I need is a laptop and an internet connection so I can pick it up and go anywhere I want. And so I've been able to leverage my knowledge in credit and marketing to be able to do that and what we help other businesses do is um, build up business credit. And so business credit is a little different than what most people think. Um, business credit is a lot different than personal credit. However, building it up, um, the uh, practices are pretty similar. And so mm -hmm. with personal credit, you usually get your, your personal credit score of 300 to uh, 850. It actually goes up to 900, depending on the algorithm now. Uh, what you're looking at now with the business credit score it's actually one to 100 and so still um the higher the credit score the better 
in order to do that for the business side um, is you set up your entity just like usual and uh, most people you know are, are filing LLCs uh, single member multi-member or whatever I'm not a tax professional so <laughs> always consult a tax attorney first but, um, Good caveat to throw in there. So put a disclaimer right. in. Let's just uh, save both of our butts there for a little bit. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, uh, set up your entity, uh, figure out which one's best for you, and then um, then starting to set up your vendor accounts. And so once you set up vendor accounts, um, it, it's kind of similar like setting up revolving credit on, on the personal side, but it's for business. And so you... Uh, set up these net 30 accounts. Um, they'll, it allows you to, you know, order supplies on consignment and then they'll usually ship you the supplies with the invoice. Uh, if you work in retail, you've probably seen this multiple times where you get a shipment in, you fill out the invoice and then you have the business has 14 to 30 days to pay it back. And so once you have a certain number of those set up with the certain uh, right companies, then you actually start getting a, a business score reported onto the business bureaus. And the cool thing is that the business credit bureaus don't report uh, to the personal credit bureaus, at least most of them do. Some, some do, but most of them don't. Um, and so when you're carrying high, high utilization on your credit cards, um, anything over 30%, that's gonna be hurting your personal credit score. But on the business side, you can you know max it out, and even though utilization does have um, a small impact on the business credit score side of things, um, it's not going to be um, affecting your personal credit score whatsoever. And so, um, the cool thing about that—I wouldn't say cool thing—but you know, if if it, and everything were to go wrong, you have to file bankruptcy. Uh, you know, Trump just got out of office and, and he's pretty notorious for this. He, you know, he's filed corporate bankruptcy four times over the course of uh, his business lifespan. And he's still, you know, considered probably one of the best businessmen in the world. And so um, if that were to happen, if you've got your business set up right and, uh, you know, you had maxed out all your line, business lines of credit um, and you had to file corporate bankruptcy, that won't affect your personal credit score whatsoever. And so um, it's essentially low to no risk um, doing this uh, strategic debt financing this way. I don't necessarily recommend it for startups. I, I recommend uh, always measuring, you know, your KPIs, your key performance indicators in the business, see what's moving the needle, needle the most. Um, and then, you know, spending uh, more of your budget, you know, towards those, um, uh, avenues most of the for most businesses is marketing or sales and um mm, interesting so with uh with business credit their banks are you know a little more generous when it especially when it comes to the credit limits and so uh with a personal credit card you could maybe get approved for 5 10k maybe 20k you know depending on the card but with a business credit card uh, or just a business line of credit in general, it's really easy to get approved for 50 to, you know, over six figures, 100K in financing. And so uh, a lot of the time you can get a 0% interest um, at, uh, you know, 12, 18, sometimes up to 21 months as, long, is as far as I've seen it go. And so you can, uh, it's, you know, essentially it's, you know, interest free as long as you got a, good solid uh, plan in place to pay, 
pay that back and you know that you're going to spend you know x amount in payroll x amount in marketing um and this is going to you know convert in x amount of sales uh then you want to you know have a good plan be able to pay that back within that 12 to 18 months and as long as you do um it, you're using the bank's money to be able to scale your business without having uh, any any expenses out of pocket. Mm. So is that is that where most people sort of come to you to get that help? But what what do I use this for? Um, you know, like I said, do I want to grow my business? Maybe am I financing stock? Am I financing sort of marketing campaigns? Is it is there anything? Is there anything that works better than others? in terms of what you should be financing or what's sort of safer to finance? Um, yeah, like, like I said, um, you, you don't, you don't want to, I wouldn't reckon, necessarily recommend it for startups. Uh, however, um, I've actually seen it where some people um, have been able to leave their job just by being able to leverage debt to you know finance some vehicles and then turn essentially depreciating liabilities into uh, income producing assets. And so they can uh, be able to leverage that credit by uh, a few or finance a few cars and then list them on, you know, the ride sharing apps like Turo, get around. Um, they have partnerships right. with Uber where people, you know, can rent out your car now to drive for Uber and Lyft if they don't have a car themselves and they want to, you know, work for Uber and Lyft. And so there's, I've seen people being able to quit their jobs that way. And, and but for in in terms of like more business and corporate side of things, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it for startups unless you already have, you know, um, like I said, uh, performing KPIs like key performance indicators that are uh, measurable in uh, <clears throat> being able to measure that success or sales uh, for your business. And so if you're uh, if you know you're getting, you know, X amount of sales for, uh, you know, a certain amount of Facebook ad spend, like if you're putting a hundred bucks uh, in Facebook ads and you're getting, you know, roughly about, you know, two, three hundred dollars in sales, um, you know, you can spend, you can, you know, scale that, you know, 10 to a hundred times. And so you could put a thousand, ten thousand dollars a month in Facebook ads and, probably expect to get, you know, 20, 30, 50 grand in sales back. And so um, that's where I would expect to uh, focus on the, uh, either marketing or sales. If you're, um, if you're bottlenecking your business because you're, you know, doing it all on your own uh, and you know that you need to hire someone else and uh, you can't really focus on sales at that point, or uh, maybe you love sales and you can't really focus on, marketing or like customer support then you know use that uh business line of credit to you know, hire either a customer service specialist or a salesperson if you don't like sales i i personally don't like sales uh I, you know i had to do it for the first couple of years and so yeah. i didn't have to get good at it but um, you know I, yeah at first it's it's uh it, it's scary especially for someone starting out or someone having a high anxiety like um it can be yeah, scary yeah. But yeah, if you don't like it, out there. <laughs> you can fire it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So talk me through, obviously, when you start talking about credit, the first thing that comes up is debt and that negative aspect of, well, I'm just getting credit, I'm getting myself into debt. Um, not all debt is created equal. Not all credit is created equal. Maybe you could take us through that 
um, sort of that aspect of what actually is good debt versus bad debt. Yeah, and so we were just speaking a little bit on how to leverage, you know, debt for um, profitable reasons for your business, and so that would be an example of uh, leveraging good debt. And and you know, like and like you said, most people, you know, tie credit um, immediately with debt as a negative aspect, and um, you know, especially me growing up, my parents always told me, you know, credit cards are evil, never open a credit card, never get a credit card. Uh, and it's just because they were uneducated. They were, they, they didn't know how to use credit. And so uh, most people do, well, they'll open up a credit card, get, you know, approved for two to $5,000 and then they'll go on a, a spending splurge and then they're not going to be able to pay that back before that um, interest, uh, you know, promo period expires. And then, now all of a sudden they're like, oh, where's this, you know, hundred bucks a month coming in. Uh, and now they're paying hundred bucks a month, just in interest because they're carrying, you know, a balance of $2,000 on a credit card at 25% interest. And so um, yeah. that's yeah. where people spiral down and like dig themselves in a hole where it's almost like impossible to get out of. And um, uh, that's where we also help our, our clients even on the, you know, personal financial literacy side is, uh, you know, ha make sure you have, you know, a thousand dollar, you know, uh, emergency account. Uh, make sure you have six months of uh, living expenses saved up because that's another thing, you know, people will open up a credit card uh, and they're pretty good at, you know, using it and pay it off every month. And then their kid breaks an arm and then they've got a $2,000 medical bill and they're like, well, we'll just put it on credit. Cause you know, that's easy. And, um, the same thing, they'll just not be going to be able to pay it back two, three months down the road. Another unexpected expense comes up that they have to put on credit. And, um, I, I never recommend, you know, putting unexpected expenses, um, emergency expenses on credit. Like, Obviously, there's there's probably certain circumstances where that would make sense that I probably can't think of at the moment. But um, mm -hmm. you always want to budget for for those types. You know, everyone knows that they have an unexpected expense probably two or three times a year, and so you know, budget a couple hundred bucks a month, put that in a savings account for when that time comes. Mm. Yeah, it's really good advice. Really good to have that to have, have that redundancy baked into your life, where you've got that emergency fund set aside and not using credit. Does it, I know Robert Kiyosaki talks about this a lot, and it's really that understanding. You talk about financial literacy, and that's obviously what he's all about. And Warren Buffett's another guy that talks about this. That really understanding the difference between asset and liability, and what that actually means. Like I know Kiyosaki talks a lot about most people think that buying a house is an asset they see a house as an asset because it'll accrue over time and i can sell it but i but kiyosaki particularly describes an asset as something that actually produces revenue on a monthly basis so a rental property where i buy the property but then i'm getting the rental money every month is that is that kind of the distinction that you make and obviously that's from for me that's sort of what i took from what you were saying don't no. go off and buy a, a big screen tv invest in your business that's going to generate that that's an asset right if you're using credit and leveraging that money to build an asset rather than just go and buy a bigger tv which is a liability is that kind of the the, the essential 101 of financial literacy yep you you 
you hit the nail on the head for sure. <laughs> and that's exactly how I started out. That was actually the first right. book that um, uh, the Rich Dad Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. Yep. Was, yep. Uh, good place to start. As the first book that started it for me too. That's uh, It really opens your mind between exactly what you just said. You know, a lot of people think, you know, buying a house is uh, going to be an asset because now you're a homeowner and then, you know, 20, 30 years down the road, you can sell it uh, with real estate, you know, supposedly appreciating over time uh, and building up that equity. But uh, according to Robert Kiyosaki and, and something I personally believe as well is that um, an asset is something that, you know, like you said, produces income. And if you're a house owner, you're putting money into that house every single month. That that house isn't putting any type of money into your pocket. And so obviously with the gig economy, there's tons of ways that now you can leverage that to turn your liabilities into assets. Like I said before, some people are quitting their jobs just from financing vehicles um, and then li- and then putting them on uh, on a ride sharing app. And most of the time when you right. purchase a vehicle, that's a depreciating, you know, liability because it could mm-hmm. get back. It could, uh, as soon as you drive it all off the lot, if it's a brand new car, you know, it's going to lose at least 20, 30% of its value. And so, um, but now people are, if they're doing it right, um, which uh, I've got a buddy of mine that he has 18 cars that he manages on an app and he makes uh, over six figures a year on Turo, just, just on the Turo app. Wow. Yeah. Just lo- so just literally loaning out the cars to other drivers, not, not even doing the driving himself. Yep, exactly. He just uh, right. picks them up. Sometimes some cleaning that needs done, uh, refilling with gas, and he'll just pick them up, clean them up, and then drop them off wherever it needs to go next. Wow. Wow. And then- it's a whole new world out there. That's wow. Yeah. Whole new world out there. So gig, the, the gig economy, ride sharing, the share, sharing economy. Um, there's a whole different world of opportunity out there if you can really find smart ways to, yeah, to to do something like that. Even thinking like the Airbnb type model, right? You've got a rental property. If you can buy that depreciating asset and then rent it out, or on Airbnb, you can make pretty good money on Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. Or even if you're like in restricted markets like Miami or like where I'm at here in Denver, like you can't have an Airbnb unless you're a homeowner, unless it's your occupied residence. And so Mm. um, then you're kind of restricted. You can't have, you know, multiple Airbnbs. You can have more investment properties, but they have to be Mm. long term rentals. And so um, essentially you still could turn your, you know, mortgage into an uh, income producing asset just by renting out an extra room or two or building up a shed in the backyard and renting that out. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's always fascinating kind of seeing how the world moves and then how businesses and entrepreneurs manage to kind of pick up the arbitrage in the in the new system. Um, I'm going to say I never thought of that, but probably I don't know if we have that here in Australia where you can loan cars out to drivers, but yeah, makes a lot of sense. I, I know one of my best mates, his, his dad used to buy taxis. He was a taxi driver and he bought, he owned taxis, or he owned the licenses on taxis and then Uber came in and kind of smashed that business, yeah. unfortunately. But essentially this is kind of the, the 2021 version of that that type of business model where you own the asset and you're leasing it out through um, yeah Uber and Lyft and all those sorts of services. Yeah, smart stuff. 
And so um, I think you said having basic financial literacy for any person, but particularly for a business owner is really, really important stuff. So what, apart from assets and liabilities, um, good credit, bad credit, is there any kind of 101 financial stuff that um, a, a business owner should consider? Um, yeah, and uh, I was, I think I was speaking a little bit about it earlier, but um, building up your, your business credit, getting those, you know, um, vendor accounts, those net 30 accounts, net 14, net 30 accounts, um, uh, and essentially those are lines of credit, but not necessarily a preset uh, limit. But once you set up at least five of those accounts and then get those reporting on the business bureaus, you'll get something called a paydex score. Um, and then once you hit over 90 paydex score, because the scale's from one to 100, so uh, once you hit you know 90 or above, which is pretty much like an you know A plus score, um, then you can start applying for like store credit, tier one credit. And um, if it's a brand new business, this is the steps that you follow in order to not have it tied to your uh, social security number. So here in the U.S., um, people have a social security number that the government tracks. Um, you Once you apply for an LLC and then register it with the IRS, you'll get something called an employer identification number, which is essentially your social security number for your business. And so if it's a brand new business just starting out and you don't have a you know business credit score or paydex score, they're going to ask for a personal guarantee. And so whenever you apply for credit, they'll ask for your social security number. So if, like I said before, if you were to ever default or have to file for bankruptcy, whatever the case is, that will actually show up on your personal credit report. And so um, if you do it the right way, setting up your vendor accounts, <coughs> excuse me, setting up your vendor accounts. Um, let's see what else. Um, you want to, to make avoid sure. the IRS come knocking on the door. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, make sure you have a 1-800 number uh, website that's ranked on Google. That's important. Um, uh, and then that's pretty much it. I think and once all that is set up, once you start applying for business credit, your lenders are going to check that and they're going to make sure if your business is listed in, you know, the white pages, on Google, if it has a website, a working website, um, if it has a business phone number. And like I said, the 1-800 number is a little important. If, if it's like a residential number, they're going to be able to kind of figure that out. Right. Same thing with like home-based businesses as well. And so right. you have a home-based business in order for your chances to uh, increase for, you know, uh, these credit applications for business funding that, you can set up a virtual business address um, through like something like services like Regis.com. There's tons of other ones that are popping up all over the place now, but you can set up a virtual address with them. Um, they'll even scan and uh, email your mail to you if you want to have yeah. your mail sent over to them. Uh, and then you can uh, use their, uh, they'll actually give you like a, a physical address that you could set up as your business address. And so yeah. once you have all that criteria set up, once you start applying for these business uh, lines of credit, um, they won't ask for a personal guarantee, or even if they do, 
you can uh, kind of negotiate your way out of it if you have all, all these uh, systems set up in place. And so uh, once that's done, it's just kind of like uh, the government verifying your identity, but you know, for the business. And so the, once you apply for this business credit, they'll go through all these criteria, check mark them off. Uh, and if you're all good, you'll get, you know, $50,000 line of credit, 0% interest for 12 months. And then you can uh, go and use that to help scale your business. Awesome, man. It's a lot to think about. So I think it's, it's important to have people like you out in the world to help guide people and give them, you know, most people wouldn't even know that that checklist existed or even if they did, how to make sure that they're getting everything lined up and all the possibilities and you know, the minutiae of how they, they can actually leverage this stuff. So really, really cool stuff, really, really important for business owners that are looking to scale. And it sounds like you know, 0% on a 12-month loan, if you can pay it back, sounds like an amazing way to get your business going. Um, if people do want to find out more about you, they, they're, they're looking at growing and scaling and this sounds like a... Um, a good thing for them to do what's the best way for them to come and reach you uh yeah um i would say if if you're needing um you know just uh business credit in general you can just go to our website clearmecredit.com uh, book a free consultation with us uh i am mostly active on facebook so yeah if you want to reach me on facebook if you're active on facebook too just go to that uh link there and that is my personal page um uh, so I'll, I'll be very responsive on that if you send me a message or something like that. Cool. Yeah, really, really, really fascinating stuff. I'm hardly a financial wizard, but I think it's super important to, as a business owner to have financial literacy because yeah. we're making money, right, and we want to keep as much of it as possible and we want to make sure that we're working within the guidelines but maximising what we can keep, how we can spend it, um, and this has been really, really fascinating, really interesting to understand how we, different ways that you can leverage credit um, and understanding you know, not all debt is bad debt as long as you're buying the right things with it. You're sort of ticking the right boxes and coming from it from the right perspective. So, yeah, yeah. I think it's been... <laughs> Sorry? Strategic financing. Don't don't yeah. go spend it on dumb stuff. You know, you know make sure you're hiring it out or, or at least... Uh, uh, and reinvesting your into yourself to grow your business. Mm. Love it, man. Love it. Thank you for dropping by. Um, thanks, everyone, for tuning in as usual. But I hope there was a lot in that. Um, slightly different topic than what we usually cover on the show, but super, super useful, um, really critical to have basic financial literacy um, and really interesting way to grow and scale a business. Um, Nick, thanks for dropping by, mate. It was really enlightening. Um, appreciate you dropping by and taking the time. Of course. Thanks for having me on here, Chris. I appreciate it. Pleasure. Reach out to Nick, folks. Get your credit sorted. Grow your businesses. Um, get your financial literacy in check. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks.